Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday evening. It is February the 8th, and I thank all of you for joining me this evening um, to catch up on the lunacy of the last week. And believe me, there's no shortage of lunacy. My focus, of course, is immigration. I'm a retired senior special agent with what used to be the Immigration and Naturalization Service, the INS, an agency that was sliced diced, uh, destroyed, basically, incredibly, in the wake of 9-11 by the Bush administration when he created the Department of Homeland Security. I came to call it the Department of Homeland Surrender because the push for globalism by both political parties is just that strong. It's incredible. Um, The idea that um, borders get in the way of wealth certainly doesn't do anything to enhance national security or public safety doesn't help public health, and certainly doesn't help the livelihoods and wages of American workers. But for the folks at the top of the food chain, or the folks who want to um, wreak havoc on America, then the borders are an impediment. And um, up until very recently, in fact, up until the administration of Donald Trump, America was on a trajectory to take down its borders, even after 9-11, even after the 9-11 Commission warned that border security was national security. So in response to where the Trump administration is on the issue, uh, we see what's happening in Washington. We see what's happening with sanctuary cities. And frankly, we're seeing what's happening with all of all Americans who aren't paying attention, who aren't doing a little bit of digging, aren't asking the critical questions. And that's what I do on this program. It's important for the American people to have the truth. Um, incredibly, The truth is a difficult commodity to come by these days. Journalists have become propagandists. And what we're told is political correctness is really Orwellian newspeak, the idea of controlling controlling thought through the control of language. Um, And the enemies of secure borders and American sovereignty are very artful in their use of language and other tactics to mislead the American people. It's a con game. And the con artists have been doing quite well for decades, uh, and we need to push back. We need to have the guts to stand on our own two feet and reject the bullying tactics of the globalists. It is not anti-immigrant to enforce immigration laws or secure borders. In fact, under the the, uh, Trump administration, we have now admitted more immigrants uh, the last year than we did for a number of years preceding. So this is not an anti-immigrant effort although that's how it's being portrayed by the Democrats. That's how it's being portrayed by the globalists, including Wall Street, the Koch brothers, both sides. They want those borders to be taken down. Uh, And it certainly is not in America's best interest. It's not in the best interest of Americans. But this is where we are. So we're going to look at some of the issues today. I thank you for joining me. Uh, please, after the program, check out my website, michaelcutler.net. I also write for Front Page Magazine. I have articles posted at The Social Contract. But it's about understanding immigration and border security for what they are. To begin with, and I've made this point so many times in the past, but I feel compelled to do this because with the negotiations over a border wall, one of the critical issues is being left out of the conversation, and that's the interior enforcement of our immigration laws. Because we're not a nation of four border states, but 50 border states. Any state that has an international airport, any state that lies along our northern and southern borders, any state that has access to America's 95,000 miles of meandering coastline are all border states. So even if we made the southern border airtight, we will not have resolved the immigration crisis. We will simply have plugged one of the gaping holes in what I've come to call the immigration colander. We need to plug all the holes. 
it's not enough to plug one hole in the bottom of a boat and leave five more holes because that boat's going down. And the immigration system has many, many, many holes in it, most of them by design. That was the point to this major article that I wrote for the social contract, immigration country, immigration failures by design. The immigration system is designed to fail. Now, the politicians know that the great majority of American citizens want our borders to be secured, want our immigration laws enforced and honored. Even those who don't understand the national security implications are resentful of the idea that people can come to America illegally, get jobs, get welfare, do all these other things, have their children educated, and they're here in violation of law. That makes no sense. I mean, this puts freeloading uh, onto a whole new level. But we also need to understand that the people who come here illegally, not the criminals, but the desperate people, are caught in a bind. And America has become the safety valve for many countries around the world, some of which, like Mexico, have huge economies and lots of money being made by the elite. Mexico, last time I checked, had the 15th largest economy in the world. But nevertheless, even with that huge economy, with all the resources and all those hardworking, industrious Mexican citizens, poverty is rampant in Mexico. And that's because, for the most part, The wealth of Mexico is controlled by a relative handful of oligarchs that control the country. And then you add to that mix the corruption, the cartels, the violence, the drugs. uh, You have a catastrophe. You look at Venezuela. It used to be one of the wealthiest countries in all of Latin America. Huge oil reserves and so forth. They're in the tank because of their socialist government. Not just socialist, but communist government. Uh, It's a mess. And wherever you see that kind of poverty, you see opportunities for gangs and terrorist organizations to recruit. So this is a big problem for America. But corporations seemingly only can see no further than the next earnings statement. It makes no sense for a company to build factories in China when we know that China has no respect for intellectual property rights. Why on earth would any rational CEO have company have company resources sent to China, factories and so forth, when you know that the Chinese are going to steal the technology. This is a level of greed that's unfathomable. There's two reasons that companies move their factories to China. Cheap labor, no regulations. It's crazy. It's suicidal. It undermines America's national security. It undermines the solvency of these companies and profits of these companies in the long run. But if you can't see beyond the next earnings statement, uh, then you wind up with what we wind up with, the same problem we have with our politicians. They can't see beyond the next election. If you can't see beyond the next election, you make very bad decisions. Our adversaries, China, Iran, Russia, they're looking decades down the road. They're looking generations down the road. They're looking to the next century. We're lucky if the nitwits that we call our elected representatives can see past two years from now short-term thinking short-term vision myopia on a scale that's impossible to believe gets us to where we are today and so we as americans have got to push back it's not enough to say well i'm going to vote for a conservative politician and by the way on most issues you wouldn't think i was a conservative i'm kind of a middle of the road guy i'm registered as a democrat i'm a labor guy But I can't tell you the last time I voted for a Democrat because the Democrats are no longer Democrats. They've become the wackaloon party. They've become anarchists. They've become seditionists. They've become fascists. Um, They've come a long way from the days of Harry Truman and John F. Kennedy. In fact, Kennedy and, and Truman could not possibly recognize the Democratic Party today as it now stands. You look at Ocasio-Cortez calling for the end of of airplanes and cows, basically. This is a lunatic fringe that has hijacked the Democratic Party with the willing accomplices of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and all the other usual suspects. The Democratic Party used to be the party of labor. The Democratic Party used to be strongest against illegal immigration. If you look at Barbara Jordan, a congresswoman from Texas who happened to be black, she understood that this influx, massive influx of illegal aliens most heavily damaged the black American community. Today, 
the Democratic Party could care less about Americans are not on their radar scope. All the Democratic Party wants is cheap labor and power. And I really believe that it's not just that they're importing new voters, and I hear this all the time, but they're also reducing the purchasing power of American citizens. When people are struggling to get by economically, they are attracted to the party that offers to help bail them out of their financial hardship. And it's certainly not the Republican Party that's offering to help anybody. It is the Democrats. And people who can't afford to put the lights on, who have trouble getting uh, money together to pay for bus fare or train fare to go to work, they get drawn in by the Democrats who say, oh, we'll provide you with free transportation. We'll provide your kids with free education. Uh, I find it remarkable, by the way, that there are people, conservatives, who say, free college for American kids? Are you crazy? Well, I have to tell you, I believe that college should be free for American kids who are studying uh, STEM curriculum, uh, have a course of study that's essential for America. Um, Today, you have to finish high school or attend school till you're 16 years of age. That came out out of a century ago, in terms of what was thought to be an educated citizen. A high school diploma 100 years ago would have meant that you were considered educated. Today, of course, a high school diploma is nothing. And it's increasingly becoming clear that perhaps even a bachelor's degree doesn't go far enough. But the point is that the bachelor's degree of today is the equivalent of the high school diploma of a century ago. And college should be treated the same way as a high school education. We need an elected citizenry. We need an educated citizenry, rather. Uh, but, But look at what we've done. We've imported so many foreign students who can't speak, read, or write English. Many of the resources that should be applied in the classrooms to help American kids get ahead, help American kids with learning disabilities in terms of early intervention in those programs, They're all being cut back and being cut back drastically so that more money can be poured into English as a second language. And when you see the nonsense of the supposed standing of America in the world where science and math and other um, educational disciplines are concerned, America keeps falling lower and lower and lower. And we're hearing the, the story that, well, we just have a lousy educational system. Well, let me tell you, we could do a lot better with our educational system. But those numbers are plummeting, not so much because of failures of the educational system, but because so many more kids are now sitting in classrooms who can't speak, read, or write English. What do you think happens when they take those exams? They crash and burn and pull down the averages, and then the globalists seize the opportunity to say, well, America is in such terrible shape. The educational system is in such terrible shape. What's the solution? Import brilliant foreign workers. You know, it's remarkable. I've been looking at this craziness going on in Virginia. The Democrats um, who used blackface, I, I, I never understood what sense that made. I didn't see humor to it. There's nothing funny about blackface. It's appalling. But it's remarkable that everyone is upset about blackface. Not comedic. These people had black. We used blackface when they were in high school 35 years ago. Everyone's coming out of the woodwork for indiscretions they committed when they were basically kids or barely out of their teens. Um, nobody says, wait a minute. If you're so upset with insulting Americans, in this case, American blacks, why does no one get upset when we hear the nonsense about how Americans are too stupid or too lazy to do the jobs? So we need to import foreign workers. Is that not just as disgusting an idea? Americans are fools. Americans are incompetent. Americans are this. Americans are that. If you said those things about immigrants, there'd be riots in the streets. You'd see looting and Antifa come out and go berserk. What do you mean you're saying that immigrants are stupid and lazy? But we hear it all the time about Americans. Americans are too stupid. Americans are too lazy. We need to import foreign workers. But just don't say that about the immigrants who come here, and especially about the illegal aliens who come here. You can insult the crap out of Americans, 
but immigrants and aliens are off limits because no matter what, you can't say anything negative about somebody who's here from another country. This is a level of stupidity on our part that we tolerate this kind of garbage. Um, And it's time to wake up. No politician who gets in front of the microphones and says we need to import foreign workers because Americans are too stupid and too lazy. No politician who makes a statement like that should be elected for any job whatsoever, period. They need to be run out of town on a rail. This whole thing about insulting Americans and putting down Americans um, has been used as justification for the globalists to bring in more foreign workers, to drive down the wages and displace ever more Americans, and take American middle-class families and push them below the poverty line. And guess what, folks? When you push an American family below the poverty line, you're also pushing that American family to the Democratic Party, whether they were there before or not. So let's wake up and understand exactly what we're dealing with. You know, I started out by talking about China. I just wrote an article for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. It's the second most recent article on the website. And it's called Chinese aggression against the USA, far more than trade is involved. And I cited in the beginning of this article the worldwide threat assessment that became the focus of a Senate hearing, a Senate intelligence hearing, a week ago in Washington when the heads of the CIA, the FBI, all the intelligence agencies, the Office of National Intelligence, testified before the Senate about the threats that America faces. And, of course, as you might imagine, they listed Iran, they listed China, they listed Russia, they listed terrorist organizations, they listed the drug cartels, they listed um, human traffickers and so forth. The Mexican cartels, the Colombian cartels went right down the list and they talked about cyber threats and on and on and on. Well, when you're talking about the Mexican cartels, And the Colombian cartels and human trafficking, you're talking about, in part, at least, the Mexican border, the border that the Democrats don't want to be don't want to make secure. Makes no sense. But in addition to talking about that, and that was the topic of an earlier article, and I talked about it last week, the earlier article that I wrote um, was called Worldwide Threat Assessment Makes a Powerful Case for Border Security. Send it here from leaders of the intelligence community. And I went into that in quite a a bit of detail, that if you're being told that we have a problem coming across the Mexican border, the question is, what are you willing to do? The question should be, what won't you do to secure that border against illegal entry? You know, the 9-11 Commission, nobody wants to talk about it. I provided testimony to the commission. Uh, As an immigration agent, I've investigated and arrested terrorists. But the 9-11 Commission made it clear that border security is national security. And the Democrats say, we don't need a wall. A wall is dumb. Uh, We need a smart wall, smart borders, whatever they want to call it. There's a reason that they reject the wall. They reject the wall because the wall is effective. Now, it's not going to stop 100% of the illegal aliens. Nothing is 100%. I don't care what you want to talk about. Nothing is 100%. But my goodness gracious, a secure barrier on the Mexican border would stop the vast majority of illegal aliens from entering and discourage many more from coming in the first place. And that's what this is about. You know, how many times do we hear the stupid statement? Well, if you put up a 20 foot wall, the aliens will come with a 25 foot ladder. Sure they will. But how many will? How many will? The great majority will look at the wall, turn around and leave or not come in the first place. The idea is to get the numbers down to manageable numbers that the Border Patrol can deal with. Without a wall, you literally have a free-for-all on that border. I've been down to that border a number of times. It's a very dangerous place to be. You don't want to be there. Trust me on this, especially at night. I've walked that wall, that, that border rather. And in many places, all it is is a couple of strands of barbed wire that stops nothing. So understand the dangers we face, but understand that the idea that we're going to put up drones, which don't work, that we're going to use sensors in the ground, which are okay, but that's what's supposed to back up a wall. 
sensors without a wall are worthless because you're going to be so inundated that the Border Patrol can't cope. They are overwhelmed. You know, it's like Lucy at the bonbon factory. How many aliens can you stop and, and still keep on functioning? In fact, one of the tactics that smugglers use is they intentionally send over loads of aliens and drugs that they know are going to be intercepted, believe it or not. It's kind of like a sacrifice play. Yes, the Border Patrol will come and arrest 100 people, and then when the Border Patrol is busy processing the 100 that they just arrested, guess what happens? Another load comes through, and they're not stopped because the Border Patrol resources are being used on that first batch of illegal aliens and so forth. That's a tactic that's used. Overwhelm the Border Patrol. Nobody talks about that. What's the solution? A wall which would cut the numbers down so that the Border Patrol is not overwhelmed. But the people that want open borders won't tell you that. They say, oh, a wall is stupid. A wall is insulting. A wall is racist. I've never seen a racist wall. I've seen walls with racist graffiti, but a wall is not racist, okay? A wall is not immoral. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi. What is immoral about funneling all people and all cargo heading for the United States through a port of entry where an inspections process required by law can be carried out? What is immoral about that? What is immoral about stopping drugs from flowing into America? What is immoral about stopping weapons from flowing into America? What is immoral about stopping gang members who come to America to recruit children in the ethnic Latino immigrant community, MS-13, the most virulent of all gangs that we're dealing with today. And I began investigating MS-13 back in the early 90s when it was a minor problem. It was Obama's unaccompanied minor program that flooded America with MS-13 in so many of our states. They are violent. Their motto is kill, rape, control. What's immoral about keeping MS-13 out of the United States? What is immoral about keeping foreign workers out of the United States who are going to displace Americans and lower the wages of America's working poor? When you suppress America's working poor wages, America's working poor becomes homeless. We have record levels of homelessness across the United States today. That is immoral. Solving that crisis is anything but immoral. But it doesn't matter to Nancy Pelosi. She just comes out and says these things. And the true believers look at her and say, yes, the wall must be immoral. The wall is a wall of hate. What does it mean? Hate what? What does the wall demonstrate a hatred of? Crime, death, destruction. That's what the wall is supposed to stop. By the way, uh, people do escape from prisons, even with the barbed wire and the fences. Would you ever imagine someone saying, let's design jails with no walls and no fences and no gates around them? Some people may well escape from a prison. I mean, look at El Chapo Guzman, who's waiting to hear what his verdict is. He's on trial in New York for moving hundreds of tons of drugs, including fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, uh, marijuana into the United States. He's been pretty good at escaping from prison. So does that mean you don't put up barriers on prisons? No, it just means that when you find out how he escaped, you make sure that no prisoners in the future are able to use the same tactics. But again, these are the lies that are being told by the globalists. And lots of Americans listen to the lies and say, well, I guess it makes sense. You know, when we first were looking at the border wall back in 2006, I guess it was, I was doing a ton of TV back then. It's amazing the mainstream media does not want to have former immigration law enforcement personnel on, with the exception of Fox and other networks that I've been on lately. One American News Network, I-24 based in Israel, Newsmax, NRA TV, they have me on frequently. I'm happy to join them. But back 10, 15 years ago, I was averaging 15 television interviews and more per month on, believe it or not, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, Fox News, and so forth. And back then, the Democrats voted for a fence on the border, and I predicted that it would never get built. I said they may be voting for it, but it's not going to happen. But the arguments that we heard back then was that 
we, we took down the Berlin Wall. Why do you want to put up a wall around America? Think of that crazy argument. The Ber- when we took out, when the wall came down in East Germany, the whole point to that wall wasn't to prevent people from getting into East Germany, but from fleeing from East Germany. But again, these are the bogus arguments the other side uses. And if you don't stop and ask questions and say, wait a minute, is that a comparable situation? These crazy arguments actually gain, uh, to use that term that I don't much care for, traction. People have said to me, oh, my God, there was a wall in Germany and the wall came down. Why do you want to put up a wall around America? I said, the wall around America, first of all, it's not around America. It's on that Mexican border, which is a, a significant border because it's the only place on the planet where the first world and the third world collide and we're dealing with so much corruption and violence and so forth. The, the idea to a wall on the Mexican border is to prevent people from entering the United States illegally without inspection. And again, the wall that Germany put up, East Germany put up, was to keep their citizens from fleeing the poverty that came with communism. Very different reasons for the walls. But again, if you just go after the slogan, well, there was a, bo- a wall that came down. Why would we build a wall here? And you don't think it through. I guess some people actually fall for these crazy arguments. So understand that the first thing that all of us really need to do is learn how to ask questions. On Monday, I'm going to be on a, on a radio program, and they sent me an article from CBS News, supposedly fact-checking the president's inaugural address, which, by the way, I thought was fabulous. I think it was probably the best inaugural address I've heard in decades, if not ever. Uh, it was touching for me to see the Holocaust survivor um, united with a soldier who liberated the camp where he was held by the Nazis. Uh, my family was decimated in the Holocaust. Uh, I was named for my mother's mother, my grandmother, who was killed in Poland because of our religion. It was touching. It was amazing to see Buzz Aldrin. Uh, my wife bought me a poster autographed by Buzz Aldrin 18 years ago when I was being treated for prostate cancer to tre- cheer me up. The American astronauts are heroes. Look what America did. They, you know, American astronauts. We didn't go to India and say, can you send us some astronauts? Yes, I know that the Germans were, were monumental in creating our space program, and I have no problem with bringing in truly extraordinary people from other countries to help America achieve its goals. I would never be opposed to that. But when you bring in a veritable army of foreign workers, You're not looking for exceptional people. By definition, hundreds of thousands aren't exceptional. What it is is a workforce that will come to America to replace the Americans because that foreign workforce is willing to work for much lower wages under substandard conditions. So we're not talking about exceptional workers. And again, that's the other argument that we get. Oh, you're against foreign workers. You wouldn't allow Einstein to come to America, would you? I've actually had dim bulbs ask me a question like that. And, of course, my answer is you certainly do want to have people like Albert Einstein, the equivalent today, to come to America. But, again, not hundreds of thousands of workers to screw over Americans, because that's what's happening, aided and abetted by both corrupt political parties. That's where we are today, you see. So we we have a real problem in America because Americans aren't being represented by their own government any longer. If you want to talk about uh, a lack of political legitimacy, that's what our government suffers from. If you look at the the arguments being made by the Democrats against the president, um, and it's remarkable because the day before the inaugural, the um, State of the Union, I was speaking to some people and I said, you know, during the Second World War, if the Republicans had treated President Roosevelt the way that the Democrats today are treating President Trump, America would have fallen to the Nazis. It would have fallen to the fascists. The Axis powers would have defeated the Allies. Because today the Democrats don't care whether or not they hurt America. They just are determined to not allow Donald Trump to look good. They're determined to make certain that America loses its sovereignty and the Republicans aren't any better. This is a fight for sovereignty. This is a fight for borders. 
This is a fight for national security. This is a fight for the American people and the middle class. We're on one side of this battle, and incredibly, both political parties are our opponents. This is a government that's turned against its own people to support the dictates of the people who bribe them, the campaign contributors. And when you hear the politicians saying, oh, I'm not taking money from any big organization, they don't have to. The political parties are getting enough money, and then they distribute it to the candidates. So when you hear this crap, oh, I'm only going to take small donations. Yeah, keep dreaming. The major money goes into the parties, and then the parties get to distribute the money, provided that the candidate that they are giving the money to sings the same globalist agenda. Ask Lou Barletta why he didn't have campaign funding for his campaign run for the United States Senate. And we can point to other candidates who were screwed over by the Republican Party. Both parties are all in and being opposed to America. Americans are now in the unenviable position of being on the other side of this wall. And the wall that I talk about is support by the parties. Both parties favor foreign workers over American workers. That's where we are. And the manifestation of it is the reduction in wages um, and a whole bunch of other problems. We've never seen this happen to this country before, but we're seeing it now. Neither party is representing the average American. Some candidates do. Precious few, because once they stake out that territory and say, we're not going to fall in line with the, with the nonsense of the party, then they lose campaign funding. And it was Donald Trump who didn't need this thinking money who was able to win the election, which freaked out the, the, the whole system because they couldn't use money as leverage against him. And look at what's happening. Look at what's happening. I have never in my life seen the politicians of this country turn their backs on Americans the way they are today. People say, well, they're at war with Trump. But by being at war with Trump, they're at war with Americans. The idea of putting Americans first is an anathema to both political parties. And we got into this mess, folks, because too many of our fellow Americans are couch potatoes. They sit there on their couch. They watch TV. They play Xbox or God knows what. They do everything and anything but get involved. And I will tell you that you can't be a good parent if you're not involved in the political world. This is about our children's future and our grandchildren's futures because their future is linked to the future of America. And America doesn't have a future if it can't prevent terrorists and criminals and drugs from entering the United States. And we keep hearing about the price of the wall. The wall would pay for itself the way that insulation on your house pays for itself by lowering your heating bills. If you could keep the drugs out of America, then the proceeds of the drug trade, and we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars a year, would be stopped. If you had secure borders and effective immigration law enforcement, foreign workers wouldn't be coming to America to send their money out of the United States. The bottom line, folks, is that the wall would pay for itself in less than one year by everything that I've seen. So this nonsense about five or six billion dollars, where are we to get the money? The wall pays for itself and then some. And after it pays for itself, then you will see the national debt drop like a brick. A big part of the reason that the national debt keeps on rising is because so much money is being sent out of the United States, both by criminals and by foreign workers who are working here but shouldn't be here in the first place. And then we shrink our tax base because Americans who were middle-class home-owning taxpayers and consumers wind up with no disposable income, wind up on expensive safety net programs, wind up draining the economy, increasing the national debt. All of this can be turned around overnight by effective immigration law enforcement. So really, illegal immigration, an illegal workforce is corporate welfare. 
That's what it really is, corporate welfare. We are subsidizing the corporations that want to hire workers and fire Americans and displace them with foreign workers. This is the second half of the bailout. You know how we bailed out the corrupt banks with their subprime loans, subprime mortgages, thanks to Alan Greenspan? Well, this is the other half of the equation. We are subsidizing the cheap labor that's replacing our neighbors, replacing ourselves. Because that's the reason that corporate America wants open borders. They'd rather bring in the computer programmer from India who will work for one-third the wage of an American. If you don't care about the future of your country, then I guess that's the way to go. If you don't care about the loyalty of the people who helped you be successful, and then after decades of dedicated service and commitment and hard work, you fire them, and you can sleep at night, God bless you. Because you're one creepy crawler that I don't even want to relate to. But that's what's running America today. The bean counters have inherited the earth. And we come to China. And China is really a problem. Uh, if you go to my article about China, you will see that there's something known as Confucius schools. Confucius schools have been set up around the world by China, and they spew propaganda. They downplay Chinese human rights violations. I mean, let's face it, China is kind of like North Korea light. China is a totalitarian communist dictatorship. The president of China has now been given his job for life. He can keep it as long as he wants. You know, Obama said, if you like your health care, you can keep your health care. Well, they've told the president of China, if you like your job, you can keep your job forever. Now, where I come from, that's called a dictatorship. There's no elections. There's no choice. You uh, have the president or you have the president, and it's the same guy. So this is a dictatorship. This is a dictatorship that increasingly is using technology to trample any freedom that Chinese citizens may have. They're using facial recognition technology. They are honing in on the Internet. And guess who rides in on a white horse to help the Chinese government crack down on their own citizens? Google. This is the same Google that told the U.S. military, we're not going to help you with what you're doing on moral grounds, but Google has no problem assisting a dictatorship to put their thumb right down on top of the people of China to limit what information they can get on the Internet and God only knows perhaps spy on Chinese citizens when they do searches. This is the lunacy that we're confronting today. And when you look at how much campaign money is being poured into campaigns, both sides of the aisle, you know, that's the cute trick they play. These major corporations, these major special interest groups give money to both candidates for the same job. So the campaign contribution isn't a way of saying, well, I like Charlie over Jane, so I'm going to fund Charlie's campaign. That's rational. That's how you do things. What they're doing is they're giving to both candidates for the same job from both parties. So no matter who wins the election, they win and we lose. And China is a very dangerous country. And President Trump turned around and said, wait a minute. China is manipulating currency. They're imposing tariffs and restrictions on American imports. China is also stealing intellectual property. They're also hacking our computers. We've been educating Chinese engineers and STEM students, science, technology, engineering, and math students in the United States for decades. You want to talk about collusion? I'd love to know why George Herbert Walker Bush gave China most favored trade status. And then Bill Clinton comes along and says, out of the campaign trail, I'm going to end that. Became president and certainly didn't end that. And every indication I've seen is that there were all kinds of sweetheart deals going on between China and the Clinton administration. There's the collusion that you're looking for, folks. And if you look at the report that was issued by the intelligence community last week, China is working in close coordination with Russia, and Russia is working in close coordination with Iran. If you want to talk about the Axis powers revisited, here we are. And yet we have our factories in China. We have hundreds of thousands of Chinese students in the United States learning how to build ever better weapon systems. And as a student in the United States, Chinese students are then entitled to 
uh, apply for and receive what's known as optional practical training so they can go work for companies in the United States, honing their skills and having access to, to potential espionage situations. President Trump comes along and says, hey, this is going to stop. We're going to rein in the Chinese, and they're not going to get to study anything that has to do with airplanes or have military uses and so forth. Every American should be up cheering. Instead, Wall Street is running around saying, oh, my God, the trade war with China is going to interfere with profits. We've got to stop this. This president is out of control. Congress is talking about legislation that would take from the president the discretion to impose tariffs. God forbid we're hurting our friends, the Chinese. Folks, if you think China is your friend, get help. They're not our friends. They are seeking world dominance, and they've made it clear that within the next couple of decades, China intends to be the dominant force across the globe. They are all over Latin America. They are all over Africa. They are all over everywhere. And you have members of Congress from both parties saying that the president shouldn't be able to increase tariffs against a country that at every turn screws over America and Americans. And God forbid you have a president who stands up for Americans and you have politicians from both parties screaming about Trump and his trade policies. All that we hear about is profits are going to be down in the next quarter because of the trade war with China. Better a trade war than a shooting war. Although, of course, China would never want to bomb the United States. They wouldn't want to damage their property. They're snapping up property and infrastructure like it's going out of style, and we're willingly selling it to them. I believe it was Lenin who said the capitalists will sell you the rope with which we will hang them. We're having a fire sale on rope here in the United States, and China is out there with its checkbook, with its checkbook, buying us out. And we're being sold out by both political parties, aided and abetted by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and a host of globalist outfits that, again, can't see past next year. We're going to make money today. We're going to make a lot of money right now. Where are we going to be in a couple of years? Who knows? Who cares? But we want money now. They're in a feeding frenzy. You finally have a president who stands up to China, and he's being undermined by his own party as well as, obviously, the Democrats. If, I'm convinced that if Donald Trump, Donald Trump discovered a cure for cancer, the Democrats would find a reason to scream that it's not right. Now, I don't always agree with Donald Trump. There are things he says and does, and I wish he was more nuanced in his language. I think he has a problem with messaging, although he was perfect at the uh, State of the Union. But understand that this pushback against Trump really is a pushback against Americans, because the goal today is to cut the wages of Americans, bring in foreign workers, have free trade, and the hell with what happens down the road. We're suffering myopia in this country. We're suffering a lack of vision. We're suffering a lack of morality. We've become the country that truly knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. 70,000 people died of heroin overdoses, opiate overdoses, according to that intelligence report. 70,000. That's just overdoses. That doesn't include how many people are in jail and their lives are ruined. It doesn't include how many people may have fallen victim to crimes committed by addicts desperate for money so they could feed the habit. It doesn't include the violence of the cartels or the violence of the gangs. It doesn't include the fact that the money from the drug trade through Hezbollah and other organizations is filtering back directly into terrorist organization bank accounts in addition to the cartel's bank accounts. But Schumer will tell you there's no crisis here, folks. Keep right on moving. Nothing to see. Nothing to see. And President Trump then sends the military to the southwest border, declaring that there's an emergency. Let's put up concertine wire. You have this idiot governor from New Mexico. I don't know if you saw the um, segment on Fox News running through paper mache walls. This is what I think of Trump's walls. And she runs through the walls. We don't need no stinking walls. She wants to take down all of the barriers between the United States and Mexico. Why? I have no idea. Who got to her? I have no idea. 
Is this a matter of corruption? I have no idea. These are just questions. I'm not making any allegations, but you got to wonder. you got to wonder how in the world a woman who is the governor of a state that lies along the dangerous southwest border thinks it's hunky-dory to let the drugs and the criminals flow freely into her state. She's either crazy or there's something else going on, and I'll let you draw your own conclusions about what the something else may have been. But this certainly makes no rational sense. You know, when you go into a bad neighborhood, a high-crime neighborhood, you can usually tell, at least in New York, if you're in a high-crime neighborhood without anyone telling you. You look at the houses and you see bars on the windows. It's not to keep the people in the house from leaving. It's to keep burglars from getting in. High-crime neighborhoods have a problem with break-ins. America has a problem with break-ins also, don't we? Chuck Schumer said that trespassing is dangerous. A few years ago, and I've written about it, I've spoken about it frequently because it infuriates me, Schumer said that people who trespass on critical infrastructure or national landmarks should be facing a five-year federal jail sentence. Trespassing is dangerous. On his official Senate website, he even cited a 16-year-old boy who had climbed the World Trade Center when it was under construction to take a photograph. And Trump even mentioned that kid and said, people that do it, I don't care if they're adrenaline junkies or criminals, they need to go to jail to deter this kind of terrible behavior. Boy, he's tough. But if that kid was an illegal alien running the Mexican border, he'd be there offering him uh, you know, a steak dinner and a certificate of citizenship. The disconnect is amazing. And Schumer in the past was very strong on border security. Who got to Chuck? I don't know. Did someone get to him? Draw your own conclusions. But it is irrational that somebody two or three or four or five years ago could say, we've got to secure the border. Illegal immigration is a problem. And now says there's no crisis. We don't need to do anything here. There's nothing here, folks. And when they say, well, we are in favor of border security, let's use drones and technology, the strategy, folks. Now, again, think about the strategy. It's to make certain that the aliens make it to our side of the border. Yes, they want the Border Patrol to find them because these people are coached. As soon as they get stopped by the Border Patrol, if they get stopped, they yell political asylum. If they don't get stopped, they just keep right on trucking. Political asylum is the fallback. If all else fails, you know, it, it's like the little glass thing. Pull the alarm. You know, if there's an emergency, pull the brake. If you get stopped, yell political asylum. If no one stops you, just keep right on going. That's the game. So if the Border Patrol grabs them, they say political asylum, boom, now we're stuck with them. That's what the Democrats' version of border security is. The Democrats don't want border security, but they want to spend a ton of money on border security that doesn't work to create the illusion that they're giving you what we want. You know, I've made the comparison before. I'll make it again. Think of the magician who promises to cut his very lovely assistant in half. We all know that if he really takes that machinery and cuts her in half, he's going to go to jail and no one's ever going to work with him again. So the magician creates a convincing illusion of cutting his lovely assistant in half without harming a single hair on her head. And at the end of the act, she jumps up on stage, takes a bow, and the audience cheers and applauds and everyone's happy. The goal of the Democratic Party is to cut the lady in half without hurting a hair on her head, to bring in the aliens, make it look like they're trying to stop them, but do nothing to impede that flow because the immigration system is a delivery system. It delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. And I assure you, having raided factories, having raided farms, having raided restaurants, there's no compassion in exploitation. I've raided restaurants where the illegal aliens are, are, are sleeping in hammocks that are strung up among the pipes in the basement of a greasy spoon diner. You try living like that. And very often swindle these people out of their paychecks. It's as exploitive and disgusting and ugly as it gets. There was one case, in fact, out in Staten Island, where a guy that I believe was involved with terrorism, but we didn't get the intelligence in time, uh, he was Egyptian. We went back to his apartment to get his passport and so forth. He had bags filled to the brim 
with coupons for all sorts of products he had no use for. He was living with another guy, dog food, diapers, women's sanitary products, you name it. And I said, what's this? And he said, oh, kids come up here and play with the coupons. I said, how do you play with the coupons? He had no answer. After we deported him, this was around 1980, there was a news story on one of the networks, ABC, NBC, one of those, about how Yasser Arafat, the head of the PLO, was having people from the Middle East living in the United States commit coupon fraud and sending over $100 million to him that he could then use in furtherance of the PLO's terrorist activities. Undoubtedly, that's what we had stumbled upon. So this guy was deported back to Egypt. We found 10 or 12 of the people in that diner sleeping in a room where they had literally strung hammocks up between the pipes. I kid you not. This guy ran like the wind. We caught him. The others were a lot more compliant. They stood there. We handcuffed them. We took them. This guy, though, from Egypt ran like the wind. And it was quite a chase through the parking lot. He was sliding under the cars and running on the roofs of the cars. It was a scene out of a bad movie. But we eventually brought him in for a landing. But this was not a rare situation of people sleeping in squalor under the diner, you know, with the big shiny walls and the glass. And, oh, it's so pretty and nice. And down there, it was absolute filth and disgusting. And, and this is where the people were being held that were working there. This is not the way of showing compassion. This is plain, unadulterated explo- exploitation. And then when we told the diner owner that he had to pay these people, he was standing there offering them $50, $70. I asked one of the workers, when was the last time you got paid? He said, two weeks ago. I said, how much money did he just give you now? I think it was like $70. I said, for two weeks worth of work? And this is the kind of stuff that goes on all the time. They know that if they hire Americans, they can't get away with this garbage. So they hire the illegal aliens to treat them worse than you could possibly imagine. And if you dare suggest that we need to stop this, you're the one that's going to be accused of lacking compassion. Have you no compassion? I wish I could have taken videos in those days when I was raiding those employment venues so you could see just how terrible it was. Women being forced to uh, pay a visit on the lunch hour with her boss. I'll let you fill in the blanks, what was going on there in sweatshops which have since moved to Malaysia for for the most part, by the way, exploitation on top of exploitation. But this is the narrative that we're being fed. So the immigration system delivers exploitable, cheap labor. It delivers unlimited foreign tourists. That's why we still have a visa waiver program that expanded until President Trump came to office. We went from 26 visa waiver countries on 9-11 to 38 visa waiver countries today. It delivers an unlimited supply of foreign students. Over 8,000 schools, the last time I checked, authorized to bring foreign students into the United States. Many of those are scams. How many people are going to come here from the third world and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars so that they can learn how to do dog grooming or woodworking? I mean, this is nonsense. We're not all talking about people coming here to learn to be doctors and so forth. These are all scams that are being run. And finally, it provides an unlimited supply of clients for immigration lawyers. It is an entire cottage industry. Forget about ambulance chasing. Today, the lawyers engage in coyote chasing. When they see caravans forming in Honduras, they salivate the lawyers on both sides of the aisle. Clients are coming. Clients are coming. You see? Then, in fact, comprehensive immigration reform would have paid the legal fees for the aliens. And people said to me, well... They're obviously pandering to the illegals. Now, that's as dumb as it gets. It makes no sense to pander to the powerless. The reason that comprehensive reform would have paid the legal fees, those wonderful attorneys don't like to work for free. Who better to pay for the illegal aliens' lawyers than you, me, and every other tax-paying American citizen? This is one scam after another scam after another scam. And President Trump stood up and said, we're going to end this. And then we're told he's anti-immigrant. Well, do you know that last year we had an increase in the number of immigrants who were legally admitted into the United States with green cards? Over 1.1 million, if I remember the statistic correctly. 
he doesn't want immigrants coming to America. And that's kind of a disappointment because when he was running for office and when he first became president, he said he would cut the number in half during the State of the Union. The president said, I want more immigrants to come to America. So I sometimes wonder about Donald Trump, what he's saying and what he really wants to see happen. But certainly I can tell you who is not happy to make certain that Americans keep their jobs, and that's the politicians from both political parties. They are bowing to the wishes of the corporations that want essentially slave labor. And it's not just the bottom-rung jobs, it's the high-tech jobs as well. The problem is that if you destroy the middle class, you're destroying the consumer base that many of these corporations depend on. And that's why more and more people are leasing rather than buying cars today because they can't afford to buy a car because they're not making enough money. Houses have gone through the roof. Real estate is increasingly out of reach. Homelessness is on the increase. This is a downward spiral. In fact, I wrote an article for Front Page Magazine uh, about how open borders facilitates the race, America's race to the bottom. But no one seems to understand that if you destroy the middle class and you destroy the, the consumer base, you're destroying America in the long run and you're undermining national security and you're disincentivizing American kids to go to schools when they know that the guy that comes here from India might well replace him in the workplace. We've got to stop this. And the only way that we could stop this is if we unite as Americans against those who are opposed to us. These aren't left-right issues. These aren't black or white or Latino or, or any other issue. This is about American citizens um, really being confronted by a government that's increasingly hostile to the Americans. How we as Americans have allowed this to happen is beyond me. But only we, Americans, can stop the lunacy. We've got to attend all these town hall meetings of politicians. Any politician who won't participate in a town hall meeting needs to be voted out of office forthwith. They're insubordinate. We need to tape these people when they answer the questions or don't answer the questions. There's all kinds of great tactics that we can employ at town hall meetings to out the politicians who really aren't representing Americans, but are representing foreign interests and corporations and banks and everybody and anybody, but the constituents upon whose vote they depend in order to be elected. We need to change the dynamics of the conversation, and we need to make the politicians understand that we're not the damn fools that they've been counting on us to be. It's not that hard to see through the nonsense. When you see articles such as that CBS article I started to mention at the beginning of the hour, and they cite sources, we got this from this group and this from that think tank, go online, check out the think tank, ask to see what the mission statement is. They usually have something that's called about or about the site or about the organization. See what they tell you their story is. And you're going to find that in many cases, these places are not objective think tanks, but are advocacy groups open borders, advocacy groups for the admission of more foreign workers and more refugees and so forth. So when these folks provide information that gets cited by CBS or some other news organization, understand the bias inherent in the facts that they quote because they're not facts. So there are many things that we could do, but it all starts with the asking of a question. That's where it begins. Voltaire said, you judge a person's intelligence by the questions that they ask. So let's try to formulate the questions. Let's make certain to ask our elected representatives the right questions, and let's make them accountable. And let's remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. I hope you'll check out my articles at frontpagemag.com. I hope you have a great weekend. And I look forward to seeing you again next week, same time, right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Have a great weekend, everybody, but please get involved. Share information about this program and my articles with as many of your neighbors and friends as you can and be a part of my Bucket Brigade of Truth. So long, everybody. <laughs>